this podcast. My have bad words because my daddy says words like sh, damn, and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. The best host of all the hosts. Go on. Uh, just Joe. And the fattest host of all the hosts. <laughs> I doubt John. that. I'll fight you for that title. You're going to fight me for that one? <laughs> yep. We're going to see who takes home the fattest guy, like Actually, the fattest host. And I'll be talking home. about that in my what I've been up to. Okay, excellent, which we will get to that in just a moment. We'll check up with the dads. Um, today we have a really cool guest that we'll, we'll get into uh, after we catch up with our dads. Uh, we'll also have after that, we're going to be talking about discipline and how these guys keep their kids in line walking the wire. Because I see the fear that your kids have in their eyes when they look at you guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about discipline. And then, of course, we'll have uh, our regular segments. Uh, what do we talk? Ask the dads, dad, dad jokes, jokes, and things to check out. Yeah, there we go. So we'll do that stuff. But first, let's catch up with the dads. Which dad has had the most exciting last couple of weeks? That's what I want to know. Um, I'll vote to Joe. Okay, which dad has had the sexiest last two weeks? Uh, vote to Galan. I'll vote to, I'll vote to dad number 37 listening to us out there. Yeah. In yeah. a row? Because well, I went way yeah. out. I went way out for that clerk's reference, and none of you, oh, neither no. of you. Oh. That was a clerk's uh, reference. That was a clerk's No, barely. Yeah. Barely. That's why I'm like, I stretched hard for that one. All right. Um, All right. So, fine. If if Joe had the most exciting last two weeks, what's what's been up with you, buddy? Okay, so it's... um. Yeah, so just still trying to get used to having two kids, being on uh, parental leave right now. A um, couple things that have been interesting. So we took our first kind of family vacation to my wife's grandpa's lake house in East Texas. We went to the Blueberry Farm, as I mentioned last episode, is kind of like a dry run. We thought about doing a family vacation trip at that time. Went, no, let's just do a day trip. If it goes well, we'll plan a full weekend. So we did. We went weekend. It was good. Um, it was a little difficult when in the middle of the night, both kids were in unfamiliar places and were crying at the same time, alternating back and forth. It was a little bit of a long night. And then my daughter (laughs) is old enough to the point where she was excited about being at the lake, excited about seeing her grandpa, but was telling me that she was homesick and wanted to go home. And, you know, we stayed two nights because the first night we were there, she said she was homesick. So we went, okay, we'll just leave on Sunday. And then on Sunday, we asked her if she wanted to stay an extra night or if she wanted to go home. And she said, no, I definitely want to stay another night. So we did. But then, you know, the next night, Sunday night, she's saying that she's homesick again. And we're like, well, we can't leave in the middle of the night. Like, we can't we can't just pack up and leave. We've got the baby. We've got a lot of stuff to do. We can't just leave. So if you ride it out till morning, it'll be better. We can leave then. And in the morning, she was in a better mood. She had fun. We left at nap time. It was good. But uh, it's just, you know, it's it's difficult traveling with the toddler and a baby, but, um, that's the biggest thing. The other two, <laughs> two other things, uh, one for Sylvia and one for Bennett. Um, 
So I had kind of mentioned this off mic before, but uh, Sylvia and I, we watch a little bit of TV every now and then together. And she noticed the other day on Netflix, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated TV series. That's a good show. That's awesome. And she said, what's this? And I said, Star Wars. Do you want to watch it? And she went, yeah. So we started watching it and she really liked it. And so, you know, every day she's kind of asked to watch another one. And we've been watching and I like it because it's got everything I love about Star Wars in it. And although it's the prequels, it doesn't bother me in the way that the prequels bother me. You know, I, I think part of that is you don't have Hayden Christensen on screen talking, <laughs> so that helps. Like, you've got the character of Anakin, but you don't have... Great. All... Now he's not going to listen anymore. Oh. There goes our Hayden Christensen sponsorship yeah, dang it. money. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You can keep your dirty prequel money. Right. <laughs> um. But so that's been funny. It's been cool because it kind of organically has happened where she's expressed interest in something that I'm interested in and she's really enjoyed it. That's um, cool. She's also asked, uh, sorry, I had a lot. I was writing this down before we started, but she, uh, for bedtime, she loves reading books, um, but sometimes she loves it too much and has trouble calming down. So I've started saying, we'll read a book and then I can tell you a story and I have her close her eyes and just listen because there's nothing to look at. Right. And that gets her calmed down and then she goes to bed. Usually a little bit easier that way. Um, I used to tell her like like the basic fairy tales like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty because I could remember that from Disney movies and other stuff. She got bored with those. She was like, I don't want to hear this stuff. And then so I was like, I asked her one night. I'm like, okay, well, what do you, what story do you want me to tell you? She went, I want you to tell me a Batman story. Yes. So I was like, okay. So I told her the plot of Batman Begins. She was like, I just told her the full plot of Batman Begins, and she was like, all right, thanks, good night. That's awesome. And so the next night, I did The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, and then she was asking she, for more. she was like, you know what? The dark, like Tonight's Dark Knight Rises wasn't as good as last night's <laughs> awesome like, The Dark Knight. Hmm, it's interesting. I didn't see that ending coming. I'm not sure I wanted but, to. Yeah, no. Dad, I felt like you tried to fit too much into that story. <laughs> Anyways, good night. What happened to the Joker? You know, it doesn't, Don't, don't worry, worry about that. He's he, he died at one of the Olsen twins' house. Right, he's somewhere. Whoa. <laughs> I know. It's sad. But, about uh, that and it's sad, sad, right? But so now she asked me for like a Batman story or a Robin story or a Batgirl story. So she gets very specific. And That's I, cool. And I just tell her the plot of a specific comic book I could think of. One time she was so excited, she asked for a second one, and she was riled up. So I told her, <laughs> there's an actual story where Batman battles a villain called Hush. And so oh, I yeah. use that opportunity to like say, like, Hush, and then she started, like, her eyes got heavy. And I was like, all right, there we go. Like, we're it's have to working. We're going to have to revisit this story. Yeah, there's this really ro- awesome Robin story where uh, the Joker <laughs> captures him. And it involves a crowbar, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Be like, it's really cool. It's called Death in the Family. And the thing about this one is, and she's just like, what is this story? And she just, like, shivers. <laughs> but it's like, okay, because Tim Drake comes out. And everybody loves Tim Drake. No. So that that was with Sylvie. And it's really it's. Cool. It's been cool to kind of share these interests, and she's organically expressed that. Um, with Bennett, I was talking about this before the show, and you guys wanted me to share it, so I. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, share. your feet of dad school. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty awesome. When you become a dad, you have what I like to call dad reflexes, which is usually something's about to break, and you catch it. Kids falling, you grab right? Them. You grab them. It's like a lot of cool YouTube videos about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and you just kind of yeah, like there's react. A, there's a subreddit for dad reflexes. Yeah. Oh, nice. You react without thinking about it; it just happens. I was changing Bennett's diaper uh, last night, and I he was uh, you know he was in the living room, and I had him on the ottoman, and I'm changing his diaper, and I have his his dirty diaper open, and I'm about to switch, and he just looks at me and just sprays straight up, 
all the way up in the air. <laughs> and I time. and I still yeah, and I and I ha- I'm like, "Oh no." And I move the dirty diaper and I like catch all of the pee as if I'm an outfielder for like the Yankees. <laughs> like I'm just trying to catch it all and I do. And then he just looks at me and goes, <laughs> and "It's one of the first times he's laughed." <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, I see. You tried to pull one over on your old man, but I I still have cat-like reflexes. <laughs> you, had a, you had a dude moment. It's with because your baby you're only, son. You're only yeah, 30, nice. so you still have youth. <laughs> you still have youth on your side. But it was nice. I was like, we bonded. No, that's awesome. First time playing catch. <laughs> that's a story. Literally, <laughs> that's, first time playing catch. <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Dude, that's that's a story you're gonna have to tell him for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, you know? it was awesome. And every girlfriend he ever has, and right, every, his everything. kids, and yeah. If totally. we didn't title the the episodes based on like the actual content, it would totally be playing catch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, hashtag playing catch. Guys. Hashtag like playing it, catch. Like it. it starts, so it begins. But so that's that's everything I've been up to. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's a lot. Of Pea stuff, catching, man. Batman storytelling, Star Wars brainwashing. No, and it's everything. cool because that's, like, that's like awesome. normally Joe and I, of course, like we work together, and so we normally talk on a daily basis. But with him being on parental leave, I've not had the chance. So it's like I get this really cool, like two week recap of yeah. of a day in the life of Joe. <laughs> that is actually cool. Right on. I look well, forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time to move over to a day in the life of the sexy day in the life of yeah a sexy is day that, in the life of Galone. So um, so <laughs> as as John and I discussed earlier, like we're gonna have a, a blind knife fight for who's the fattest on the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be very easy to stab each other because yeah. we're not small <laughs> targets. There's a lot of we're big targets. Um, but no, like Teresa and I have started. So there, there's two. There's a kind of a two part to this. Um, being diabetic, like carbs are. I, I love carbs. I love bread. I love pasta. I love chocolate being chip Being diabetic, cookies. I love sugar. Yeah, which is bad. Sugar is great. So, um, if you go on, put that ring pop down. Yeah, no, Ellie loves ring pops. Holy crap! Who man. doesn't? What kid doesn't? I love ring pops. I just I can't have them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big kid on the inside. Sure. But um, so a few years ago, um, John had a roommate, um, and he had talked about something called a ketogenic or ketogenic something like that, um, diet. And essentially, what it is is it's a low carb, high fat diet. So you you know like. Calories break down to three different things. You either have carbs, protein, or, or fat. Like, there's no other source of calories. Um, and the whole thing is, like, if you're cutting out carbs, you have to get those calories somewhere. Um, and so you get them from, you have more fat. So, like, this is a diet where you can have sour cream and heavy cream and butter and fat, you know, full fat milk and everything. Um, and, and for diabetics, it's great because you cut down carbs. You get, like, 33 net carbs a day. So, it's crazy. So, um Yesterday, no, two days ago, sorry, earlier this week, we made a this bread that you make with almond flour, psyllium husk fiber, which is basically like powdered fiber that stops you up if you don't drink enough water, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, and essentially, like, it, it made this, it made, like, it, it was bread, like, it was a texture of bread because it's flour, but it didn't have all, like, the taste of normal bread, but I could make a sandwich, I could butter it, and it tasted like it was a bread substitute, so I, I have bread again if I do this diet. Um... And then, of course, like we started walking. We started walking two two nights a week and going swimming one night a week at my dad's. And we walked. We go up to a track and walk two miles. Um, and I think one of the things I would like to start doing, and I'm really horrible about following through, but um, I think I want to start recording like quick vlogs or whatever as we walk around the track and then putting them up on uh, a detox YouTube channel to kind of document... Um, you know, like my journey with diabetes and my journey of weight loss because I, I need to do something because otherwise I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 45 and my my kid is going to grow up without a dad. And that's a hugely important thing to me. 
Um, but psyllium has fiber, which is really cool. You can mix it in like smoothies and pudding and all this stuff and get the fiber that way. Pudding. Yeah. Well, that's what you do. Well, no, you do it with like chia seeds too for like protein. Really? Like seriously, it's awesome. Or in shakes or whatever. Um, like, like the way I like to take in all of my healthy nutrients is via pudding. That's a great healthy delivery system. Fat free pudding is really not all that like high calorie wise. Anyway, okay, fair enough. Fair um, but yeah, psyllium has fiber. Now I want pudding. If you uh, hashtag calorie, I don't know. Um, if you do psyllium husk fiber, you have to drink a lot of water. Otherwise, it will constipate you. I thought uh, five tablespoons of it spread out across like seven pieces of bread. That's not that much psyllium husk fiber. I had two rolls. Yeah. I stocked my ass way up. And I'm someone, and this is, of course, TMI, so if you have kids, sorry. But it's, <laughs> I, if, 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 I'm, if I can't. If you have kids, if sorry. I, I'm sorry you have kids. If I can't eliminate waste, like, I freak out. Like, my body legitimately freaks out. Like, I go have almost have a panic attack. And so, like, the other night, I was. <laughs> poop panic, dude. I, hashtag, hashtag poop panic. Poop panic. Hashtag poop panic. But it's, yeah, uh, I had to take a Tylenol PM. Poop panic. Poop tannic is like a, <laughs> a sequel. No. But it's, it's uh, a, so I had to take a. I had to take the uh, Tylenol PM to, so I could go to sleep because I was freaking out so bad. And then, you know, I, I drank like a gallon and a half of water the next day and I was good. Um, you could always just use an enema. Yeah, that's what? the one. Have you done that? No. I no, really haven't. That's what But I, I bet all of our grandmothers had. Right. Actually, <laughs> so my, uh, my grandmother's, grandmother's house and you're just like, oh. My grandmother. <laughs> so when I was seven and I broke my collarbone, um, I was. I had to have a suppository because I got stopped up on whatever pain medication they gave kids back then or something. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm not even going to tell you my constipated dude, yeah. stories. That's a whole – that's bonus content that's right bonus there. That's bonus content. All right. Uh, Guys, look forward to that yeah, so, <laughs> on Patreon. Essentially, you know, I've been doing that. Um, Ellie's actually gone to a couple of painting classes that are normally reserved for kids six or older. Oh, I've seen pictures, yeah. Yeah, so they like, – now, granted, she's, she's four, and she has a very distinct way of coloring and drawing and stuff. But it's been a really cool experience for her to go and do, you know, like her creative side. And as someone who's creative, it's I, I think it's really awesome for, you know, to see her doing that. And so I actually wanted to go and get her an easel and get her the occasional canvas and draw a creeper from Minecraft or something um, so that she can paint it at home. And, you know, like that'd be kind of a cool Christmas present to give out to, you know, family and whatever. Hey, Ellie painted a Minecraft head of whatever yeah uh, and so that's been really cool like to actually do a dad kind of thing but she's really been the one that's speaking of walking she's the one that's like let's go walk let's go because we've we've been pushing the whole health thing and like how we need to be healthier and so she's really trying to keep us accountable she didn't realize that um but uh yeah it's it's been a it's been an interesting week you know like um doing all that kind of stuff and and kind of looking into this new diet and, so, and, and something that i've read, read about on diabetes diabetic forms and stuff like that it's just a, you know again it's you know, with any diet it's a major lifestyle change that i don't necessarily have the self-control or the drive to actually do but it's either that or be dead one day <laughs> you know or be dead early sooner than i should be right on yep right on well we're caught up with the deads guys yes. Let's get into today's guest, who I am already going to feel guilty about sending this episode to him for review, because he's a really distinguished guy, and we've already said poop panic. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, right? Okay, so so we're actually excited to for you to hear our conversation with today's guest, Judge Eric Moyer. Um 
He is a graduate of Harvard Law School and Southern Methodist University. He's had more than 25 years of civil civil legal experience. Um, in 92, he was appointed to serve as judge of the, the 101st Judicial District Court and has since served multiple terms presiding over the 14th Judicial District Court of Texas sitting in Dallas County. And he also has done extensive work with professional organizations, political campaigns, uh, and community organizations like Habitat for Humanity, which we touch on a little little bit at the at the end yep. of our conversation with him he was really gracious to have us come out to his office and uh, talk to us about his experiences um with with fatherhood and i don't know about you guys but i could have sat there and talked to to judge moyer probably all day oh yeah yeah is it judge moyer I think. yeah yeah it's moyer yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, anyways, you'll hear you can you'll probably hear a couple of our ignorant missteps as we talk to this guy. But he he was really fun to talk to, and uh, we man we actually showed up a little bit early and everything, and he ended up still like bringing us right like, in and talking let's to do us. It. And yep. uh, it was cool. I guess we caught him in a good time. It seemed like none of the courts were in session that day. It was yeah. good. It was right around so, the the Fourth of July holiday. Yeah. So it was really cool, and uh, we're excited for you to hear it. So we will be right back with Judge Eric Moyet. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. Uh, with us at this time is uh, the Honorable Judge Eric Moyer. Uh, thank you for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time. And Glad to be here. We want to start you out. Um, one question we like to ask every guest we have on the podcast is, uh, what do you think makes a good dad? <laughs> Just a <laughs> softball right off the top there. Here's one to defend pitch. Uh, a, th- a, th- a thousand things, uh, and some of them are trivial seem trivial and some of them are expansive uh, obviously uh, generosity uh, with time is critical uh, patience is critical love goes without saying caring goes without saying um, you can't be a good father and not have your life changed uh, and you don't realize it until it actually happens but fatherhood just changes changes your perspective on everything uh, fatherhood is like a prism children are like a prism things that you I, I look I look forward and I see things and I see things that are important to me I see things that are happening um, that I think are critical but as soon as you add a child into the mix, things that you thought were important all of a sudden fall by the wayside. Things that you thought would have thought were trivial become of the greatest imp- import to you. That's interesting. S- speaking of, so change of perspective. If you can, take us back. I'm interested on what initially led you to, to study and then practice law and sort of when in that process you became a father and how things initially changed for you in that. Well, I, I always, want, I, don't, I only wanted to do two things in life. I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to play for the Yankees. <laughs> uh, and I got to college and I realized playing baseball at anything past the college level was out of the question. So, And I always thought that I would be a good lawyer. Um, my first child was born while I was in law school. Uh, and actually she and her mom 
were here, and I was in Cambridge. Okay. What what was that experience like? Um, it's different. It's just it was just far away. Yeah, it was it was just far away, uh, and I had friends who were in law school who had children who were there with them in law school, uh, and that um, I think that would have been a better experience, but that just wasn't the way that uh, things were working out for us. Yeah, right. So so where where'd you go from there? Did you? Um, because I know you're you're licensed to practice law in California and and New York as well. I'm I'm licensed to practice law in the in the state of New York. I'm licensed okay. in the federal courts in California, as well as the courts here in Texas. I got you. So after after law school, did you come directly to Texas? Came or? came right back to Texas. Okay. Came right back to Texas. And at that point, um, did you? So were were you able? Did you establish a, a close relationship with your daughter at that point, or oh, were able to make abs- absolutely? Yeah, yeah. Ch- children will make you do that. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it, it's un- it's unfathomable to me that people cannot uh, have a, a a relationship with their children, uh, and I can understand why people want to fight so hard to make sure that they do. Right. So, what do you feel like was the most important thing you did for your daughter as she was growing up and then later we can get into this we can see how this comes in but you also have you were telling us you have two stepsons as well as well correct um so what, what do you think was the most important thing you did as a father for your daughter as she was growing up let her know that she could be anything she wanted to be let her try to do anything that she wanted to try uh, and also let her know that regardless of what happened, her mother and I were th- would be there to uh, support her. Uh, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy. You, you're trying to teach your children to be independent, but at the same time, you want your children to know, don't worry if you fail at something because I'll be there to, to catch you. I'll be there to help you. Uh, and I'm not sure how logically both of those go together. But I think that that's what good parents try to instill in their children, a, a, um, a fearlessness with regard to trying new things uh, and a certainty that if you try something and fail, I'll be there to catch you. I don't know how independence comes out of all of that, but uh, yeah, right. I guess we were just lucky. Uh, she, was, uh, she was just lucky. Her mom uh, made all that work out for her. That's awesome. Yeah, I was thinking. So the a question I have is, is you know, of course, being studying law and being a lawyer, mm-hmm. how did that affect the, the way that you raised your kid? You know, because I mean, question, cross examination. At least if you go based on the movies and, and TV, <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> but it, did that change how you know you would question your daughter when she came when when she did something or? I I have to confess that uh, everybody who knows me at some point says. You know, you're not in the courtroom right now. <laughs> don't 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 cr- don't cross examine me like that. And, you know, I I tried to tempt I tried to temper that uh, with my children, but that's just a part of my personality. And <laughs> that's funny. It's just you know, 
kind of the way that the, kind of the way that things are. So right. yeah, the, the the every now and again, little bit of the courtroom kind of seeped into the house. <laughs> what what about uh, sentencing, passing sentence on uh, uh, your kids when when maybe they came home late or something like that? Was well, I, I, I'm a I'm a civil court judge, not a criminal court gotcha. judge. Okay. And gotcha. So, gotcha. And so gotcha. and so it's very rare for me to send somebody to the pokey. Uh, aka their room the corner well no i did (laughs) no i did i did that fairly regularly yeah that's you know that's that's just that's just part of parenting that's that's just part part of the deal yeah so when did when did your uh stepsons come into the picture uh they were 11 they were 11 years old Okay, so you got them right before those fun teen years. Yes, indeed. <laughs> T- timing, timing is everything. Do you feel? I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on. Was there a difference in your approach to being a, a father to your daughter and then your your sons? Well, you of course, picture? my my daughter was perfect, so she was she was easy to parent. Actually, I, I say that kind of flippantly. Uh, there was only one time I ever had to fuss at my daughter. Uh, and um, and she looked so astounded that I didn't take her side in an argument she was having with her mom, and and her eyes got big, and she was like, "I can't believe you're not on my side." And I'm thinking to myself, "I can't believe I'm not on your side either." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but no, no, my 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 daughter was. E- everybody thinks their parent, their children are perfect. We we start with that as the baseline. Then there's a but this and that and the other. But no, she. She, it, it was exactly the opposite of of uh, my upbringing. I, when I was much younger, I thought I, w- I didn't want to have children because I was afraid they'd all be like me, and I was just a hellion to raise. I was a, I was a difficult child to raise, uh, but my daughter was exactly the opposite. She was, you know, n- never had curfew issues, uh, never had issues of insolence or. Of course, maybe her mom feels a little bit differently. Uh, but uh, no, boys, boys are different. Boys are, I don't know that they're harder to raise. Uh, I think you have different, I think that as a man, you have different tools raising boys than you do with, than you do with girls. Um, I don't know that having more tools in your, in your toolbox makes it easier that's that's interesting what do you what do you think some of those tools are well i think i think boys at some point as they become men uh, by their nature are testing Mm -hmm. and they want to test what the boundaries are uh if you tell them you've got to be home at 11 Okay, let me come in at 11.05 and see what happens (laughs) if you say do not go outside until your room is clean Boys want to, by I think, by the nature of young of men and young men, want to push their boundaries, want to expand, want to uh, develop their independence in, in a way that I didn't find was an experience with my daughter. I'm, I, I I don't want to generalize for. all boys and all girls, so I'll, sure. I'll just narrow that down a little bit. Myself, my brother. Uh, my stepsons all had that desire to push out a little bit uh, more than I think my daughter did. 
That makes sense. Uh, on the way over here, Joe and Galan and I were talking. They're they're both fathers of of daughters, young daughters. And Joe just had his second kid. It was a yes. little boy, yes. uh, which is cool. So he has a little infinite home and a toddler. He's getting both of those yes. fun times mixed <laughs> into one. But uh, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I'll need it. I I wonder if maybe you had an interesting or, or a similar uh, experience to them with their daughter, where they they talked about yeah they they didn't really perceive that they had the tools. To, to raise a daughter beforehand, um, but what ended up happening is their their daughter changed their perspective and approach on a lot of things, not just in dealing with their daughters, but sort of their their outlook on life. And I wonder if you experience anything. Well, I think I like think that. you you have the tools, uh, but you just don't need to bring them to bear until you've got children and and until you've got a uh, a, a son or you've got a daughter, and then you realize. Okay, um, I told you this is what I want you to do every morning. I told you that yesterday. And today you already seem to have forgotten. I will tell you again. And (laughs) so the person like myself who had absolutely zero patience are forced to find patience in you and bring it out. And the lucky ones of us realize at some point Okay, I know that I know this is what I want you to do. The reason I know this is what I want you to do is because my mother and my father told me this. And then you realize they didn't tell me this once. They told me this 30 times before I figured it out. I don't know how many times. Uh, Sit up straight. Don't sit with your elbows on the table. Make your bed before you come downstairs. Put your clothes away before you go to bed. Uh, countless times having to hear these things and and to the point where I think, well, okay, of course you make your bed in the morning. I told you, child, yesterday, make your bed in the morning. (laughs) Why is it that you don't remember to do this? Uh, And and you you, kind of reflect, okay, you know, just Rome wasn't built in a day. It, Mm -hmm. It took me a few thousand times to hear an instruction before I was able to get it down. And so maybe I should adjust my expectations and not expect my sons to figure this out the first time they hear it. I think it goes to the whole, if I told you once, I told you a thousand times, yeah. figure speech. Sure. Yeah, I think one of the things I guess is interesting is you talked about you were kind of more of an insolent child, a, a, a hellion to raise. Mm-hmm. And of course, parents of that generation are very different than parents of of our generation. Right. Um, so how did, I guess... Can you expand on how your experience with your parents changed and what what you decided, you, you, the experience you had that you're like, I'm not going to do that? I don't know that I had very many of those moments where I remembered, okay, my parents did this. I'm never going to do that. Uh, I think the one I had was clean your plate. Um you know, I never heard that there were starving children in Africa <laughs> or there were, there were people in Appalachia that wished that they had roast beef. It was just, you don't leave the table until you clean your plate. Right. And I think, uh, being, being my own armchair, armchair shrink now, <laughs> I think that made me the compulsive person that I am. Uh, I still... If there's if there's food on the table, I'll eat it till it's gone. If there's beer or wine in the gla- in the bottle, 
I'm not leaving until it's done. Uh, I won't leave my, I won't leave the court if I've got papers that are sitting on my desk that need my attention. Um, th those kind of compulsions. I'm not sure I need all of those. That's a little <laughs> bit more. That's, that's a little bit more baggage than I need. And fortunately, uh, both of my former spouses didn't have that baggage. So they, when I would say, "Okay, you haven't finished eating." Well, honey, um, if she's eaten all she wants to eat, then that's fine. She doesn't need to eat anymore. If he's eaten all, he'll come back and eat all of this later. Don't have to <laughs> yeah. worry about that. This will not go to waste. <laughs> um, but that's probably, and I hadn't thought about that in terms of things I do not want to, you know, uh, behavior I do not want to carry on in the next generation. I hadn't thought about it in those terms. But that's probably the, f the first thing that leaps to my mind in terms of how you do and don't engage with your kids. Uh, being physical with children, obviously, now is, is very much taboo. It was not that way in the 50s and the 60s when I was coming up. Um, but I have a theory. I think every boy, uh, as he becomes a man, needs to take a beating. And the sooner you take it, mm -hmm. the easier it is. I took my first when I was four or five years old, smarting off as, at a bigger kid in a market in New York. I, I still remember the market. Don't remember the guy, but I remember the market. I, I remember that beating. Uh, and, you know, you take that, you cry for about five minutes, you get dusted off, you realize, okay, the world has not stopped. Right. If you're lucky, you realize, you know, I probably shouldn't mouth off at, <laughs> at least not this guy. Yeah, and yeah. probably nobody as big as this guy. And as you grow older, you realize you, you, know, you know, that's the kind of thing that helps mold your behavior with other people. Um, I've, had, I've got a couple of acquaintances who didn't get into a fight until they were in their 40s. Oh, wow. And when they took, when they got in that first fight and took that first beating, it was a bad one. Yeah. It was a bad one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's interesting you talk about that because uh, the latter part of this episode, we'll be talking about discipline mm -hmm. and how we kind of discipline our kid and the approach. And as you mentioned, at least when, when I grew up, I, I grew up with a dad that paddled. Yep. A dad that, you know, and, and, and I brought this up when he was on. We had a Father's Day episode where we talked to our dads. And mm -hmm. when my sister would get paddled, I would get paddled because it was fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, one of us is misunderstanding the word fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, I, I'm still bitter about it, and that's like 30 years later. But it's, uh, but it's just interesting that it, it's changed in, in trying to – how do you incorporate an older mindset into a – the, a more modern parenting. It's a mm -hmm. challenge I think that so many parents, especially younger parents now, face. Mm -hmm. That it's, you know, how do you, I can't spank my kid or, I, or I'm going to be judged or the social services will be called on me or there's so many things like that. And it's, it's just an interesting thing. So it's something that I've, I've really looked forward to talking to these guys about um, and then to get your take on, mm -hmm. you know, the, that's very interesting that it's because I got that. I, I tattled on, on a kid much bigger than me and, I was fast on my bike, and he was faster on his, and that did not end. And then he saw me like four months later and decided to beat me again because he saw me and recognized me. So I've had that, and it was a very that, – that I've never thought about it like that before. 
that definitely changed me uh, tattling on people in, in a, a convenience <laughs> store playing video games. <laughs> it, uh, you, you know, you mentioned that that was an important part of, of sort of manhood in, in a, a, a man figuring out who he is or, or getting a healthy perspective on the world. I, I wonder a couple of questions for you about your children as an adult. Do you think that being the father of an adult is what you expected it would be like? Um, I wish they were closer. Uh, one just moved to New York. My daughter lives in Washington, where she's been since she went to college, and my other stepson lives in uh, in Austin. Okay. Uh, I remember, I think it was last year, President Obama was talking on Father's Day, and he talked about the the tension. You want to bring you you want to bring up your children' attention in child development and, and parenting. You want to bring up your children so that they will be independent, uh, and then you want them to go off and s- spread their wings and develop on their own. Those two things just don't fit together well. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you really have to shift gears to get in your head from one to the other. Uh, I was a big proponent on my daughter going to school away from Texas. Uh, my, my parents, particularly my father, was very, very insistent on my brother and I getting out of New York. Uh, not, to, not because it was New York to flee, but it was because where it was his home. That's where he lived. Uh, and it took me a long time to figure out that you know, a grown man doesn't live in another man's house. Uh, and so for me, coming to college here in Texas was really transformative. And I wanted that for my daughter. And I wanted that for my stepsons as well. Uh, but then when, when my daughter went off to college, I felt pretty good about that. And then she came home at the end of her first year and then went back and I just sat at the kitchen table and cried and cried and cried. And my stepsons came, one of them came in and was really <laughs> freaked out because I'm sitting at the table just crying my eyes out. Um, you know, she had come home, she had gone away. She came back and she was a mature, grown person who did not need her dad to be her you know, to walk her to school or to drive her to school or to take her to church and sit next to her and didn't need me to do for her anymore. Uh, and on the one hand, you know, I guess a pat on the back to her mother and I for raising somebody who could be successful on their own. But, you know, not having her around all of a sudden, okay, you know, this this house was a lot nicer when I had <laughs> this, this little child living here in it. Um, that's interesting. Now that all of your kids are adults, do you do you look back? Can you say, you know, this one period in their life, this this uh, period in their development, or this age that they were was sort of the most difficult for me to deal with? For instance, when you know your kids were early teenagers, or when they became when the, young adults. When the boys became teenagers, you know, they like boys do. They they wanted to test um, and. But I, un- I, I think I understood, or I understood whether I was right or I was wrong. I understood that, you know, part of this was a test of wills. And at some point, 
they have to, as, as they mature, they have to figure out there are a million things in this world you can do. There are a million and one things you can't do. And you have to understand the things that you can do and the things that you can't do. And so when uh, curfews were broken or rules of the house, okay, you know, you, you get a car. You, you, the two of you share a car. If you can't figure out, they were twins, by the way. So we oh, didn't no, have that age that's difference. <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure out between the two of you how to make it work with one car, then each of you strike out on your own, go your own way, but the car stays here. So you have to figure out how to work things out together. When, if one of them was doing something that he or she sh he shouldn't have done, then okay, here are the consequences, and you are going to have to stick to the consequences. And fortunately, um, with their mother, um, as with both uh, of my former spouses. We, we really had a good way to, we both had an understanding that parenting is going to work best if we're on the same page. And so uh, I, I remember the, uh, the, the one, one of the first times my daughter came over to my house after her mother and I had separated. Uh, and she was there for a couple of hours. She said, well, Dad, I think I'm going to go over. I'm going to go to my girlfriend's house. I'm like, okay, that's great. And I wait, she calls her girlfriend and says, yeah, but he's coming over. And then she's starting to get dressed. And I said, uh, your mom did say this was okay, didn't she? And my daughter was maybe 14 at the time. And she just like, okay, I got caught. Huh? <laughs> I said, well, call your mom because I don't want her mad at me. And, you know, she went back into the room and, no, I'm not coming over. Bye. So, <laughs> I'm like, listen, you know. Just because we aren't living together doesn't mean we don't talk and we don't get along. And the one thing that is most important is we both want the best for you, which means we have to collaborate. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that we are on the same page. So, you know, that was a nice try. <laughs> but, no, you, you're going to have to step your game up a little bit if you're going to, uh, if you think you're going to get us in, in this kind of uh, – conflict one another with one another and can play one of us against the other that's awesome do you yeah. I, I, well, I, I was, I was going to say real quick like what my, my dad is separated from like all basically all of his kids moms mm -hmm. and it's interesting because he says the same thing especially with my younger brother and sister there's a 15 or 16, 14 year difference something like that between us and they would try to do that sure. well hey dad can i do this have you checked with your mom well mom's not here she's and he was very much, it's interesting to hear that, that it's just, it's, in div in, especially in separations or divorces, it's easy to want to. That's universal. Yeah, but it's, it's d That's d d universal. to try to cooperate and say, okay, we may not be together, but we're parents together. Exactly right. And so that's actually, exactly that's, right. a, that's a pretty cool, just to, to hear that echoed. Because um, when he told me that, I'm like, oh, that, that's actually a pretty cool, like, uh, gesture to the other parent. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's not there. So what were you going to say, John? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, is, as we're winding up, there were a couple of more questions I wanted to get to real quick. One is, I read that you were very, uh, you've been extensively involved in other organizations, both professional and community organizations outside of, of the courtroom. And, and one organization that I read that you had worked with was Habitat for Humanity. Right. And I was, I was just wondering what your experience was with, with Habitat for Humanity and sort of the impact that you saw them have on families. Uh, I, I think... That is probably the most 
impactful thing, and I, I regret that I don't make the time to do it like I did four or five years ago when I would start on a build. Um, one of our colleagues, Judge Tapscott, is hugely involved in Habitat, and he's a group leader, and he would get try to get some uh, judges together to do a build uh, to watch people who don't have a home. I, I don't mean don't have a place to stay in terms of being homeless. I mean people who are moving out of an apartment, people who are moving into a home that's got a living room, a dining room, bedrooms for the children, a yard in the front and the back, and to see strangers coming together and doing everything, pouring the foundation, building the walls, siding, painting, and the owners of the house work with you. So they're the, we're cool. there every Saturday. They are there every Saturday, and I suspect a lot more time during the week, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, watching their home get built. And Habitat does this really fantastic ceremony when the house is done, sod is laid, house is painted, the garage door goes up and down, everything works the way it's supposed to. And they have a ceremony for, and they turn over the keys to the family. And it's it's usually um, a single parent, I shouldn't say usually, often it's a single parent who's got a couple of kids, and they're so excited to have their own home. Uh, and And it's just... You know, it's just magnificent to see, okay, now, you know, the, the, the quintessential piece of the American dream. Mm. I, it was Coolidge just said, uh, you know, chicken in every pot, car, car in every garage. Fundamental of that is a house. Mm -hmm. You've yeah, got to cool. have, you've got to have the, the physical structure uh, in order to do that. And to see people who actually have a house. And every now and again when I'm out and I'm in a neighborhood where we've done a build, I'll drive by and just 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 take a look at the house and say, you know what, that that that, that crooked piece of shingle over there, I did that. Or <laughs> this place where the paint is not quite as even as it should be, yeah, that was me. Uh, <laughs> but just to see that you've that that one has actually made a real uh, concrete difference in somebody's life i think is just is just absolutely fantastic i just I, I i i dig that a lot that's really cool one last question uh what final piece of advice would you give to the dads that are listening it's not the big things that are the big things okay um it's not taking your kid to hawaii it's not taking your kid to the super bowl it's the every Thursday afternoon I pick you up after school and we you just you and I go and get something to eat and we have our we time together or uh, during the baseball season. OK, every Saturday for half an hour, you and I are going to go out and throw the ball back and forth with one another. Those are the things that kids remember of the everything that kids remember. So this is a little two-part. Uh, it's the little things, and kids remember. Kids are like sponges. Mm. They pick up everything. Um, they pick up not just the words that we say, 
they pick up the attitude. And so if you are, if you've got your child in the uh, seat next to you and you're driving your car and you're very aggressive, they're going to pick that up. If you come home at the end of the day and you just grunt at everybody in the house and throw, <laughs> da throw down your work tools, whether they be a briefcase or whether they be hammer and chisel or whatever, or your computer and you're just in a foul mood, they pick that up. That gives them a if you're if you're agitated when you're going to work in the morning. Twenty years from now, or ten years from now, when you say, "Son, it's time for you to get a job," they're going to have internalized in them the notion that that's something that you don't look forward to going to every day, and so you ought to be you should not be surprised when you get resistance at the kid not wanting to go to work, not wanting to get a job. They absorb everything. And at some point, it all comes back out. And so being aware, being aware of how you speak to your son's mother is going to impact how he feels about his mother and ultimately how he feels about every woman. How you speak to your child's mother impacts how your daughter sees men treat women because you know as as my in, in one of my favorite father-in-law I mean father's day cards I ever got my daughter said you know the the man who impacted me the most is dad That's she awesome. under she understands how women ought to be treated by the way that I treat her mother and I can be soft and cuddly and affectionate to her all the time. But if I treat her mother badly, she sees that and she absorbs that. So those are the two things that I would suggest that, that fathers need to keep in mind. And also the patience. The, you know, I, it took me hearing something a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> I told you once, I told you a thousand times. Okay? <laughs> and now I, I, I should expect that in one generation, I tell my child something once yep. and he's got it. That's, that's, that is an unrealistic set of expectations. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, those are hugely important pieces of advice, yeah. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to say, Judge, thank you very much for coming yes. on the details. Thank you so much. I'm glad to visit with you. Thank you so much no, for coming to see me. Come back sometime. I'd be glad to. Awesome. Thank, thank you very, very much. much. Next, next time I'll sing. All right. that, that's awesome. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs>
and eloquent, how I would have eloquent, put it. And then how I would have put it, yeah. Well, yeah, totally. And I think it's interesting. Anytime I talk to someone that's of his age, like the age of our parents, mm-hmm. and it's just it's, it's a, a wisdom from a very different viewpoint. I think Joe and I have, you know, viewpoints of wisdom as dads. And I personally think John's a wise guy, like not and not a smart ass <laughs> wise, wise guy kind of guy. Real wise but it's like guy. there's there's wisdom in, in things that he says, and it's the, you know, like so in, in our thirty somethings we have wisdom, but then. There's a whole other different level of wisdom that comes from growing up in the time that he did and, and, and in the circumstances and having three adult right. kids. And it's just, it's every time we talk to a dad, whether it's Dale Hansen or Eric Moyer or Pete Delkis or Elliot Sylvie, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where, you know, who they are. There's always something I take away from each one of those conversations. And if anything I can take away from this podcast that we've done so far is, there are so many nuggets that I've taken from every single person we've interacted with, and it's all, and every single nugget is different. Yeah, speaking some, speaking of some of those things that that you could take away from this interview, there were two really cool things I, I thought that he impressed upon me. One um, was just how important patience is when he was yes. talking about getting upset or frustrated with his his sons because he's like man how many times have i told you guys this and then him taking a moment to reflect on his his own childhood and being like man my parents probably had to tell me that ten thousand times before i it finally clicked and i was like oh it makes sense why i should be doing this right so just the fact that he kept going back to patience and just saying like look that's important um and you know, I thought it was kind of cool. Also, he said that like uh, his wife kind of helped keep him in yeah. check on that too, and, and helped him understand that. So that was cool. Well, and, and, you know, impatience. I mean, that goes beyond working working with our kids. Like, I mean, it's you take that into the workplace. If you're responsible for training other employees or anything, it's like <laughs> well, there's also a difference between a four year old or a teenager well, and then like a ad- full grown adult that well, <laughs> you're having to tell something ten thousand times, and, not, and, and maybe not ten thousand times, but it's like realizing that everyone takes in and digests things in a different in a different way and yeah, different speed and stuff. And it's and again, it's just nuggets of wisdom that you can take and not just apply to being a parent, but just apply to being an individual, being a better person. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the the taken from Dell like better everyone that you're that you better everyone around you you know and it's that that's that kind of thing it's like if i'm patient i can better everyone around you and soon enough i'll be chaining together 15 episodes worth of nuggets yeah yeah into one long um cross-stitched yeah. thing to hang on your wall <laughs> yeah. it's like, um but uh yeah another thing that i thought was really cool from the interview with the judge was or it, it was at least it made me think of it. It was interesting. It was kind of funny. It was like it was like the Fight Club wisdom of like how much right. can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight. Yeah. He didn't say he didn't put it exactly like that, but, but he, but he kind about, of did. Yeah, yeah. He thinks it's like an important rite of passage for right. a young man early on to face um, some physical <laughs> adversity, like yeah. a fight, get in a yeah. fight, and, and realize that hey, you don't just get to do anything you want in life. There right. are consequences, and right. this can happen. Yep. Um, I thought I thought it was really interesting hearing a judge saying, right. like, no, that helps he's put like, things in he's perspective. He's like, no, you need yeah. to get your ass whooped. And yeah. then <laughs> and then it's like, okay, this is where the line is. And I went, okay. I no, mean, yeah, that's but, solid yeah. advice. Yeah. And, and along with that, talking about how, like, yeah, he thought the difference between his sons and his daughters was that, that his sons, especially in their teen years, like, they're trying to figure out what it means to be a man, how, how like, the person they're supposed to be coming. And so they will just test lines, test lines, test lines, figure out where all of the boundaries are. I mean, and every kid does that. Like, I mean, I, I see that with Ellie, especially coming from, you know, approaching five years old. She's pushing boundaries, but not in the same way that I imagine a little boy does. 
Yeah, or, know, or, or then a teenager. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, yeah, and it's just, it's, and then it's in our society where you know you have to be macho. It's like boys are pushed even more to prove that they are, you know, masculine. And what's the easiest way to do that is you know confronting their father figure. Man, get those SJWs on the line. Yeah, let's talk about how unjust that is. And I, I just set Tumblr ablaze. Holy crap! Yeah, someone, someone got triggered, and then that's going to trigger someone. And it's like the, there's like a force, like midichlorians. The Tumblr people are the midichlorians. I don't know how we would accomplish it since we're like primarily a podcast for dads. I know we have we have women listen to us, and, and of moms, thank you and so we, much. Yeah, and we we also have you know people that aren't parents that listen to us, which is cool too, uh, because we of course we appreciate different perspectives. But uh, one of my secret dreams is that one day we'll say something that pisses off a feminist blogger oh and then i just i feel like that would be another level that we could attain i I don't know how it would happen since primarily dads listen to us but i hope that happens someday and they blog and then like we get forty thousand downloads because people have like downloaded it so that they can get their hate fuel well that's not part i mean oh man i'm I'm thinking i don't know i'm stupid i'm gonna shut up again all right so i guess this shouldn't be a good time to bring up my feminist views now we'll just bookmark that for another whole maybe you can make a hateful blog about this about you guys, yeah, yeah. and just disguise myself, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just not, and then it's I'm, more I'm, drama. I'm Joe Bellina. Jo- oh my god, hashtag Joe. No, I'm no. not going to throw that in for the consideration. Anyways, what uh, what else was good? What I were mean, you even talking about? Things. Oh, the judge. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I thought. Sorry, we got on that weird tangent. We, got, was, we did uh, get on that I weird was, tangent. I was like, where are we? No, but one thing I found really interesting about the interview was you know how where you are. <laughs> where am I? You're in the jungle, baby. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Guns and Roses. Yeah. Oh, okay. I hate myself for that. Why? I was right there with you, though. No need to like, be ashamed. I was right there with you. There's nothing wrong with a little Guns and Roses. <laughs> Unless it's like modern day Guns oh, like Chinese democracy oh. Guns and Roses. Okay, okay. Three, uh, two, one. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh, the... <laughs> The thing I found pretty interesting in that, besides everything we've mentioned, is where he talked about how he has a really good working relationship with his ex-spouses about his kids. Yeah. Like, he yeah. told the story about his daughter. His daughter said, I want to go out with my friend. Said, Absolutely. By the way, your mother said it was all right. Right? No. Okay, well, just because we don't live together doesn't mean we don't talk and we don't agree on how to parent you. Mm-hmm. And you don't usually see that. Yeah. From divorce, you know, divorced parents. And I thought that was a really good lesson to anybody that is listening out there that is divorced or, you know, isn't separated or is going through divorce that it's, you know, at a certain, at a certain point, I think he exemplified it well about you got to work together for your kids and you got to agree and you got to be on the same page because, that's what's best for them. Yeah. And I thought that was really good advice no, from someone that's super wise. As someone who is the chi- a child of divorce, like it's it's incredibly important for both parents to be on the same page instead of one parent being like, I'm going to be the cool parent and say that they can do that when the other one said that they can't. Because then it's it, it, they're, the kid just is able to pit you against each other. And right. when, you, when, those, when parents are pitted against each other, the kid never wins, ever. Like 100% of the time. It's just a, a bad situation all around. Yep. But no, like, yeah, those were the, those, actually you guys touched on the, the things that, that I took away the most from that. 
Yeah, it was really cool. So ho hopefully we get a chance to talk to the judge again in, in the future because that was really cool. Absolutely. And uh, we, we kind of like alluded to this a little bit in the – because like obviously when, when we found out we were going to have the opportunity to talk to a, a judge about f being a father, all these things jumped to our mind about like judgments that you pass and right. like, you know, like like sentencing you have to do and stuff. And so we kind of touched on that and he's like, I'm a civil court judge. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't send people to the – the, what the, pokey. the pokey yeah the pokey um which was fun but it got us thinking actually about discipline i mean you you guys start thinking about disciplining your own kids and how how that works so we're gonna sort of transition into that now because i know um you guys had some ideas that uh, i thought were interesting no no so yeah so when, when things started out when i found out that i was going to be a dad um i, I would say that that my um, sorry, I'm not trying to laugh at. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at John. I don't know what John's doing over there. <laughs> Me John. neither. I don't know what I'm doing over yeah. here. No, I'm it's sorry. it's it's. You know, I I had and I, and I touched on it. And I touched on it in the Father's Day episode. And my dad was on that. It's you know there were some things in the way that that he did punishments with my sister and I that I didn't like. Um, and so when I said I'm like I'm going to be a strong disciplinarian dad. Like I'm going to keep my kid in line. Um, so just to get it out of the way now, when are you like, going to start that? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am a proponent of spanking. Um, now that's going to set off if we Tumblr, whoever, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get CPS calls now. That's but, literally going to make threes of people uh, mildly yes. frustrated. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've, I do not use it as a first, second, or even third course of action. Um, I haven't spanked Ellie since she got out of diapers, uh, mainly because with a diaper there was cushion. And mm -hmm. when children are young, they understand more than we give them credit for, but there are some things that they simply don't. You can't just sit there and have an intellectual conversation where you break down the logic of why they did something wrong. Um, they do respond to a slap on the wrist, a pop on the butt, whatever. But once that cushion of diapers were gone, I'm like, I I had to be far more judicious about when I actually spanked my kid. She was to toilet uh, potty trained, toilet trained, well, potty, uh, potty trained around two and a half. So it's been almost two and a half years since I've had to spank her. Um, you know, we, we don't do, we don't count down where I, I, I made a decision early that I didn't want to be the parent that was like, you know, one, two, three, or, you know, um, we don't do timeouts because, when am I going to put her time out where she doesn't have access to some sort of technology? <laughs> and your house nowhere. Yeah. That, that kid is spoiled. No, no, she's absolutely <laughs> spoiled. I'll be the first she's to admit. She's fun to spoil. But it's, you know, it's, do you send her to the living room where she has a kitchen, a TV, the <laughs> a, access to Netflix? Do you send her to her room where she has the same thing? She knows how to, you know, she probably knows how to use a computer well enough to go to a bookmark of Netflix. Um, my daughter, Paul, uh, is able to navigate my phone from her game to a different folder, to the camera, to a different folder, to Netflix, to her show, to play yeah. in l faster than I can. It's <laughs> incredible. Ellie learned how to throw. I watched her to do it, and I was like, whoa. She learned how to throw stuff from the phone to our TV before you even knew that that was possible. She's like, uh, cast now. Yeah, cast she's, she's now. like, she's like YouTube. we have YouTube on the TV, and, and it's what she's watching, and we're like, what the hell? Um, so that as, is awesome. As she That's has hilarious. gotten older and can, communi can communicate and understand, I sit down and when she does something wrong, I say, do not do this. This is why. 
And then when she does it again, I further explain. It's like, okay, you did this. This is why you don't do this. And so that way we can get into the deeper part of the understanding. Um, and normally it gets to, if you do this again, I will bust your ass. She doesn't do it again because she understands it's it's the implication that if she does it again, there is a physical response. Now, and, and I'm not someone, like, I'm not talking about, you know, old school spanking where it's like you just wail on your kid. I do not believe it. I, I am against that. I hate seeing that. It makes me want to get into fights when I see people in public do that. But, you know, a, a single swat of like, okay, we're, we're cool. But I would re- much rather talk it out so she understands. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that I want to establish now from when she was two and can communicate to four to 14 and to 40 is I want to communicate with my kid. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I don't know if we've touched about it on the show, but there have been times in John and I, in the friendship that John and I share where things broke down and it broke down because we didn't communicate. Marriage is the, the, I think the single strength that my marriage has is the fact that my wife and I communicate. Um, the friendships that I have now are that way because I communicate with my friends and I want Ellie to grow up understanding the importance of communication. And when that communication breakdowns, the consequences of that. Um, so if I explain to her, this is why I do this. This is why it's not right. This is the impression that people will get. This is why you don't do this. Like think, look at the intro, for example. Like she says shit and damn it. And I beep it out. And she says she has said shit and damn it in the house. And I don't get on to her for that. But if she said that out in public, that's very different. She knows the limitations. Heck, like we were going to see, we, we, John was doing something and I sent, uh, or Teresa and I sent him a screen, uh, a video of Ellie saying like, with holding the can of beans being like, you can't come and shit in our house. <laughs> and she did not want to do that because yeah, she, thought she, was, she thought she was going to get in trouble. And it took me being like, I'm not going to, no, you're not going to get in trouble. I give you permission to do this. <laughs> and then when she, she messed it, she almost messed it up and she, she did not want to do it again at all. I'm going to have to take away one of your parenting stars for that one. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> but it was funny. So that's what matters. But it's the whole it thing is laugh. like, she understands right and wrong. And that's, that's a really important thing to me. She knows when she does something wrong, she doesn't lie to us, at least not yet, even though I know she's capable of it. Four-year-olds are capable of that kind of lie manipulation kind of stuff. I hope that... So really? You don't think she lies to you? I mean... I've witnessed her lying to you before, I thought. Well, not like maliciously lying. Not like where well, she's... Well, like I've, I've seen her before where you're like, hey, did you do so-and-so? Because you know she's not supposed to. And she'll be like, no. And you'll be like, well, go clean it up. She'll be like, okay. <laughs> you probably remember it better than I do. Okay, okay, yeah. Because I, like, I was like, man, I think she's like uh, trying to lie to cover her butt there. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's actually kind of an interesting... Uh, Subject that I think we're going to get to at some point, like when her innocent yeah. lies and stuff like that. Yeah, lying. And, and, yeah, totally, and, and those totally are things that I, I think that that she's that I'm okay with. That's just part so of. So far, she hasn't come home with alcohol in her breath right. and been like, uh, "I was she's studying." Not, she's not broken. <laughs> studying. She's not broken something that she didn't admit to breaking. Now gotcha. she might at first be like, "No, I didn't do it because she didn't want to get in trouble," and we're like, "No, just tell us because." And then she's like, "Yeah, I did it." See, that was a lie. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, again, it's, like, it's, it's like a, yeah, so it's, it, it, I guess when I say she doesn't lie, it's not like a, a big kind of thing where she's flushing something down the toilet and then lying to us about it. Or, well, yeah, but does murder start with killing someone? Or do you think there are like actions that, <laughs> I'm just saying, watch out, dude, because yeah. she may flush something down the toilet and she, lie about it. She very well might. Um, but, you know, so that, that's the whole thing is like, I don't, I don't want to be my kid's friend. And I told her that. I tell her, I'm like, I'm not your friend. I, I want to I want to get along as best we can, 
but my responsibility is to be your parent. My responsibility is to prepare you for the world so that you're not going out and being a terrible person to the people around you. And if we can have fun and be as close to friends as we can, awesome. But that, and I think that's a, a flaw that a lot of parents make nowadays. And it's, it's, it's almost that it's a, a stereotype of modern parenting where it's like everyone wants to be their friend. Everyone wants to hand out participation trophies. We don't want to see our kid get hurt. Our, our kids are perfect and they make no mistakes. And it's, I don't want my kid growing up with that mindset as yeah. much as long, as long as I can avoid it because my kid's just going to be, if my kid grows up like that, they're just going to be a drag on the people around them. They're going to be a drag on society. So if you're raising your kid like that, you you're and I have sitting a, in an IHOP and your daughter's <laughs> going to be screaming behind me yep. and I'm going to be so like, come on, man. If come you, on, if you just trying to eat these tutti frutti fresh and whatever, or <laughs> tutti frutti, tutti fresh and fruity, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever so it's, it's, you know, strawberry it, pancakes with it, the whipped cream. Even, yeah, totally. even Joe and I, Rudy tutti fresh and fruity pancakes. There we, go. we might even have, Joe and I might even have a disagreement of, or difference of opinions. If you do, then great. Communicate with us. Send me a message on Facebook or email me at Galan at detox podcast. Yeah, let's, but before let's that, talk that though, out. Before, before that, the, yeah, we should so. get Joe's take on discipline sure. no, and what no, he's had a, to do so far, because yeah. maybe he'll infuriate more people and they can email him. I highly doubt that. Maybe we can get more, no, more listeners. No, but uh, <laughs> we're so needy. No, yeah. no, I'm the needy one. I just rub off on you guys. Yeah. Don't uh, be needy. Yeah, no, it wasn't being needy. It was more of uh, going back down that rabbit hole. I still am trying to claw my way back up out of that one. But oh, uh, I don't gotcha. even remember the rabbit hole. So digging where are home, we? No. Oh. The jungle. You didn't have to. See, I was trying to forget what I did, and you, of course, had to bring it up. But no, yeah, so that, that's it's enough for me. It's the Guns N' Roses thread yeah. that weaves throughout this entire episode that we're going to work in. Well, that's one was terrible 90s movies, or 80s movies 80s, references. 80s movies. This is going to be just terrible Guns N' Roses. The GNR, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I actually uh, agree with Galan in, in a lot of ways. Um, now, I will say... Like I typically say, full disclosure, my kids are two and a half and zero, or one month now. And your so, kids are total zero, <laughs> man. So far, he's not listening to anything you guys say to him. All he does is stare at me and cry. He looks like, at he looks at lights too. He does, yeah, yeah. And he tries lights. to, and he gets red in the face. Pee all over the place. Yeah, but, but I caught it. But dad, re- so, Joe, dad, reflect. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so far with Sylvie, what, yeah. what have you guys had to do? So, as discipline. So, uh, I guess I could backtrack a little bit. So, the way that I was disciplined as a kid, my parents did not believe in grounding because they felt that um, I was just gonna try. Like the act of grounding to them was pointless because they thought if I just ground you or ground you from something. All you're going to do is work extra hard to try and do that thing. So it's pointless. So we're wasting a lot of energy. So like I was spanked as a kid. I had a, you know, we had a paddle. Um, and then if I was awful, they would send me to my room. Me and too, then, man. And then, <laughs> me too. and then when I was calm, then they would ask me, they're like, are you calling me? Are you going to come out and talk about it? And so it was a lot of that. And then, you know, if I was extra bad, they would just take away a privilege or like, want to go hang out with a friend they would say well is so you- like hey you can't use the van to go apply for a job <laughs> this weekend <laughs> i constantly revisit right. that right but uh they would say like no you can't hang out with your friend today because of this you're gonna have to do it another day yeah and you know if you don't turn your attitude around and so i we've kind of tried to adopt a similar similar philosophy with sylvie in that we also try and talk about the consequences and say you don't do this don't do this because of this 
And I know she's younger, but I'm a big proponent of you keep doing this, you keep talking about it and providing opportunities where you can talk about it and you can go through the cause and effect of it because eventually it's going to click. And I'd rather have been telling her, don't do this because of this. This is why you need to listen to me. This is why we need to follow instructions and behave now as opposed to, you know, she's nine or 10 and I'm just trying to teach her that like, you know, it's lost. You got to start early. Um, there are times, so we we do time out because the sitter that she goes to every day does do time out with all the kids. And so mm-hmm. it's like if you act up and you don't follow instructions, you have to go sit on the wall and it's you sit on the wall for a minute for however old you are. It's like she's Yeah, Elliot had a similar thing yeah, where they, yeah. they go stand yeah. in the corner. Right. And so for, she'll for she, So she's used to sitting on the wall for like a minute when she was one and then two minutes now if she's two. And and she has him sit there, and then Bennett she right now has to like just sort of lay there for one twelve. We're like, all right, I can't minute. hold you for <laughs> four seconds. seconds. <laughs> yeah, totally. the headache is not worth that. Right, no, but uh, so that's that's uh, so that <laughs> <laughs> I was adjusting in my chair, and Galan was like, "What is what is I that Joe noise?" Was totally. <laughs> Fuck. No. Just letting them out, man. <laughs> you got to get them where they where you can get them. You're sending out test balloons, man. <laughs> but uh, so that's what oh, we've five done. Years old on the but she she is very strong willed. I guess is the best way to say it. And I am not a huge fan of spanking, just because I don't think I think a lot of people rush to spanking as a first option. I will agree with that. And I feel like all the kid r- takes in is the punishment, and you're creating like an enemy so to speak as yeah. opposed to trying to talk trying to talk and saying okay well i don't have any other recourse you're not listening to me i'm gonna right. give you a quick pop on the behind and now we're gonna say okay look you didn't like that right well this is why and so we have had to do that a couple times with sylvia and she is mostly potty trained but anytime that has happened it's been when she's had her pull up on like either trying to go to bed or up in the morning before she's changed or something like that um and it's usually because you know, if it's a bedtime, it's like, I don't want to go to bed. It's like, well, we've done all the things and she wants to throw a fit and not go to bed and say, no, we need to go to bed. And here's why. And she'll start getting upset. And I'll say, I'll even tell her like the couple times that it's happened. I've said, I don't, I don't like calling it spanking. Cause just, there's a neg, there's a lot of connotations around that. So I will say, you know, if you can't follow this, we're going to talk, I'm going to have to give you a pop and I don't want to do that. And um, she's like, no. And then, you know, it'll escalate and I'll yeah. give a quick pop. She'll stop. She'll cry. And I'll say, look, I didn't like doing that. Yeah. I did that because you weren't listening because we won't do this. Can we, can we stop? Can we, you know, talk about it? She'll say, you know, usually yes. Or she'll say like, no, just go. And so yeah. I'll step out for a minute and then she'll, a- she'll actually call me back in and then we'll hug it out, talk about it. And then she'll follow instructions. So I, it's been very like, very a handful of times and it's only been as like a very last thing um what we usually do when she does act out because i had forgotten about this when i was talking about timeout because she does do timeout at elke's house it was easier to introduce it here but we've been very big there's a spot at um our uh, her sitter's house where this is the timeout spot and i grew up you know at times kind of resenting my room because that was where i went for timeout and so we don't have a special spot in the house if we're downstairs, we just send her into the spare bedroom and say, go in there just for a minute and then I'll come get you and then we can, we can be calm. And if it's upstairs, it's her room or, 
you know, our room or just somewhere and she will go and she'll kind of cry and then she'll come out. And there's been a couple of times where she gets overwhelmed and she'll get upset and she's gotten in a bad mood and she has left, gone into the spare room, shut the door and then come out in a minute and is calm. Right. Nice. So like she knows she, she needs to come. Yeah. yeah. So she is at a level where she recognizes I need just, and this is the thing is she got most frustrated because she gets overwhelmed, um, gets overwhelmed with people and just a lot going on and just needs a minute, but doesn't understand that she needs a minute. Yeah. So we've worked hard to say, this isn't a bad thing. This is to help you just breathe yeah. and get away from people and calm down, focus and come back in a better mood. So she's, been able to recognize she's getting overwhelmed and can excuse herself and go and calm down. It, it it makes it, you know, you feel like you, you've kind of got a parenting win there when you're like, she is regulating her time out and is regulating her moods. And I, you know, she's smart enough to do that. And so it's, I think with anything, discipline is always evolving, always growing, but I do agree with you a lot in that. I think if you're going to spank pop, whatever, you need to understand how and when you're going to do it. Right. And you, I strongly discourage you from rushing into it as your first thing, because I do believe that all your kid is going to see is you as an enemy and they're not going to want to work with you to get a resolution the next time. And also think about like, think about how much bigger you are. Like my hand is, right. is, is the size of Ellie's head. Yep. And I am considerably stronger than she is. Mm-hmm. And humble brag. Yeah. Humble brag. <laughs> like, the, the fact is, is like, <laughs> it, it reminds me of Superman. Like, the I whole could the, dunk on her all day. <laughs> the character of Superman, though, where it's like, Boom, he has to con- consciously <laughs> think about, like, when he interacts with regular people, mm. because it's like, he just smash them, he can atomize them. Um, all right, you know, you've just compared yourself to Superman. <laughs> a man of steel, buddy. Um, but it's, you know, one of the things I think that you said that is really, really important is that it's, you know, and I do it with Ellie, is it doesn't make me feel good to do this. Right. I don't like doing this. It, right. I feel horrible doing it. You know, and so that way, you know, I think one of the biggest pet peeves, one of the things that makes me super angry, more than people parking. More than someone like <laughs> leaving their Starbucks yes. cup on the yes. shelf in Target or something like that. Is when parents are in public and they're yelling at their kids and all they're doing is trying to humiliate them. Yeah. And it's, mm, yeah. dude, that makes my blood boil. And mm. I really want to just go and hit those people in the back of the head. Trying and then to go to jail for assault. Who do I? Who am I angrier at? Someone that does that, or someone that just lets their kid run around a movie theater? Both. Both of those parents should go to hell. Oh wow! Well, not like not like literal <laughs> hell, just like figurative. Like, is it's this a, like Dante's where they have like yeah, different like levels the, the, the they can go to? Of parenting hell? No, like th- those. I mean, those the people should. Levels. You know that scene in Roger Rabbit where they have like a steamroller and the judge gets. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Not quite that extreme, but not. They, n- not Judge Moyer. No, no, no. But like uh, the Christopher Lloyd Judge, like what I forget what the guy's name. Where he's like Eddie. When I talk, killed your brother, and I talk, and his voice goes really high. I love Roger Rabbit. Robert, Robert, Roger Rabbit. Anyway, it's a good one. Yeah, but it's you know it, it it's you. It, I don't think I don't think discipline or parenting should ever be a power play. It's never. Yeah. I am. I'm better than you because I can discipline you. That is something that I don't ever want Ellie to think. I don't ever want to think that. I don't ever want her to perceive it as a control thing. Because ultimately, discipline is control. You're trying to control your kid. You're trying to shape how they grow up. But not, it's not a control in a manipulative way. <laughs> it's control that hopefully keeps on giving forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this is the thing. is like, again, it goes to communicating. Like, 
you don't want your kid to think you take pleasure in disciplining them because that's just going to build that barrier. Right. And and again, I agree. I, I vehemently agree that it's your spanking should never ever be your first course of action mm-hmm. because you're just going. I mean, that's just that's that that's bad juju, man. That's just bad <laughs> juju. I just I I feel that if that is the first thing you're rushing to, that you are not being the best parent you can be. No, no but then again, that that may be. I, Judgments. That may be how someone was yeah. dad judgments. That may be how someone was raised, and that may yeah. be the only thing that they know. It may and be. they may not have had the situation yep. to say, "I don't want to do that." Which right. goes to something I did ask the judge or Judge Moyer was, "Is there something that that your parents did that you said I'm not going to do that?" And one of the things that I did was, "I'm not going to use a paddle." Yep, because I was paddled, and I was paddled in school once. Actually, I was paddled in fourth grade. Paddles hurt. And at that point, that if you're paddling someone, that message about that it meant, that it is about causing pain, not sending a message, yes, not teaching. Because, I mean, mm, I'm not sure I agree with that. How so? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you mean, just sending pain devoid of a of a message, I don't, or of a I, lesson? I don't, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think because you can do that with your hand. That you know, I mean, if you're if you're paddling your 13 or 14 year old, then you have. Made a well, serious that's weird, but, but you said parent. fourth grade. That's like a ten-year-old. Well, yeah, something. But it's like that didn't when. So, long story short, I took a. I, I didn't even realize that I had it in my pocket. But a kid pulled a knife on me at school. Oh. Back before violence was what it was, and I put my hand in my jacket pocket and realized that I had like a Chinese throwing star, like a legitimate metal one. <laughs> you had been training with the hand. Yes. So I took it out. Yeah. And I, and you were and also I was like, like Danny Rand. I was like, you have a knife, and I have a throwing <laughs> star. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I have a throwing star, and so the principal paddled us both. My mom like flew off the handle because like you had you stepped to call and get permission, and he didn't. Oh, yeah. And uh, dude, she I don't know what happened. But that uh, was now your mom probably would have sued him. Oh yeah, but it's you know it, it just it's it's at that point that didn't send the message that I shouldn't do that. Right. It was that principal was on a power trip and sure. he took an okay. opportunity to. To do that. And you know, so like I said, if you're paddling your teenage kid, which is where that level of pain would become effective, you've already made a hundred missteps as a parent. Unless yeah. unless unless your kid's just not you know, like there's something that that's not going right in your kid's head, which is actually I'm gonna get to when we get to ask the dads. <laughs> I'll um, be looking forward to that. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean discipline's something I think we we could spend an hour and a half, two hours on. It'd be great to to, to get the input of more dads. Yeah, I agree. I would love to have a dad red round table where we had like eight dads sitting around the table talking about discipline because you could bounce so many cool ideas off each other. The discipline round table. Yeah. I would really just want to do like a dad round table one time. We don't that have would, enough mics. I don't have enough inputs. That's for later. Oh, no, that's whatever. We can make it happen. That's for later. We can yeah. make it happen. Actually, I guess we probably could. It's on yeah. the horizon. Let's do it. So if you have thoughts on if you have thoughts on <laughs> discipline, you know, of course, email us at a uh, detox podcast d-t-a-l-k-s podcast at gmail.com galan or joe or john at detox podcast.com let us know what your thoughts are on i'll it. just laugh at you yeah <laughs> why are you talking or talk about to just... us on you know send us a message on facebook communicate with us because yeah. I, I think this is something that we are accessible it's, yeah it, it's something that would be great to have a conversation about with uh we are so accessible <laughs> super it's like uh we are tremendously accessible <laughs> Don't you? You have uh, some boxers that say that, right? Oh, I, I just you know I like boxers because they're open, openly accessible at any wow. point in time. Well, oh, okay. Um, so, well, uh, hey guys, we'll be right back with America's favorite segments.
are back, and it's time for America's favorite segments, starting with America's all-time favorite segment, Ask the Dads. And Galan, I think you have a juicy one for us. I do. Today. So... Um, Juicy. Not the first time I've said that. Something uh, one of the one of the friends that John and I have known a long time, named Justin, asked me this question the other day while we were playing uh, a video game, and he this said, is "Ginger Justin." Yeah, this is Ginger Justin. Oh, he's like not How? to be confused with blonde Justin. A uh, stick Justin. There's a stick Justin. Well, not to be confused with Mexican Justin. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay, Justin. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he asked me, what would you do or how do you handle it when you realize that your kid is not right in the head, meaning that your kid is a psychopath? (laughs) Okay, this isn't the juicy one I was talking about, but let's get to this (laughs) one first. But I hinted at at this one in the previous segment. But it's like that your kid's not, there's something not right in your head. Your kid's not wired right. Um, You know, they're hurting animals or doing something violent. How do you address it? (laughs) How, How do you handle that? That's easy, dude. You come up with their own personal easy-to-follow code, and they only kill and torture bad people. Oh, but, so but, the but Dexter code. The they, Dexter they code. They have to work at the police easy. department so they can identify people that escape the system. Well, that's a huge bonus. That's a, that's major, a huge bonus. That's a huge bonus. So you're saying turn him into a vigilante. I mean, it worked, of for, sorts. It worked, for, it worked of for Batman. Of sorts. He just didn't kill anybody. No, that's not. that wasn't the motivation there, though. Yeah. I mean, it's twisted motivation. He, I'm sure there's a lot of things wrong with Batman. Well, yes. He didn't start that way, though. Did you know that the reason he has Robin is because that is his own programmed backup plan? So Batman is so programmed inside of his mind with everything that he has a failsafe. His failsafe has always been Robin. If he ever goes rogue, Robin is the only one that knows every single thing about Batman, including weaknesses, to be able to take him down. Batman but has why doesn't? But why he does, though. Also, Batman has... Besides being human. Why doesn't... Ba- if Batman's thought about everything, right? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he make Robin wear pants? He does. No, he doesn't. He d- it okay. makes him wear, like, underwear out everywhere. To be it's- fair, Robin got to pick his own outfit. Ugh. <laughs> So awkward. When Tim Drake got to pick it, Robin had pants. Oh, okay, cool. Tim Drake is the smart Robin. Got you, got you. So this turned into a question about Batman and Robin. <laughs> also, well, I mean, what do you? What would you say? I mean, what? I, I don't know. I mean, what do you do? You keep it a secret, and uh, I mean, I, I no, think so I think you get your kid help. I think what I would do is I would try and like just observe. At first, I would spend a once. I guess if I started realizing these things, I would keep observing. And kind of keep noticing some of the same things they're doing. And then I would try and, as I do with everything, redirect. So say they're hurting animals and I'll talk to them and say, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you hurting animals? Right. I want to see what will happen. What's the cause and effect? Like, what if it's that? Okay, well, there's other ways we can figure out the cause and effect. Like, I would try and do that. If nothing's taking then I, I think you can look towards getting professional help and, and looking towards doing that but i think a lot of psychology psychiatrists psychologists psychologists and one of them can do medicine one of them can't sure. psychiatrists can can prescribe uh, medication right okay yeah i believe i, think, I yeah, believe yeah, that's, that's accurate i don't know what, but a lot of I, I guess i should say a lot of therapists will a lot of people like to say oh this is this condition this is this you gotta treat them this right. way and i don't think that that over medication medicating oversimplifying a quote-unquote condition is always the best solution but I do think there are things you can do before you jump to that level. You could try redirecting. You could try talking. You could try figuring out what the root cause is. Is it maybe something you're doing that might be rubbing off on them? And they're taking it the wrong way. Um, 
you know, are they being exposed to something at school? Are they being exposed to something? You know, I don't think it's a strict correlation between like violent video games and, and them. I think it's a lot more <laughs> new. I think it's a lot more nuanced than that if there is something wrong. And with some people, it's just genuinely there's a chemical imbalance. And if you nip that in the bud with some treatments and medication, then they'll be better for it. Yeah. But I, that's the only way I could tackle it. That and, you know, maybe set them up to be Dexter if all else fails. I think you lock your door <laughs> every night. <laughs> My response to Justin was, it's like... A, lock your door so they don't, you don't wake up with your kid with a knife. Pray for daylight? Knife. Yeah, pray for daylight. Hunker yeah. down and pray for daylight. <laughs> totally. Um, so my response was, I think the, the, there's a fatal flaw in parents. And it's we want to see that our kid is not perfect necessarily, but that our, there's nothing wrong with our kids. Right. And so that's the biggest trap we fall into. So the first thing I want to do is I'd be like, I would try to curb the behavior and explain why it was wrong. Um, explain the, again, the consequences of it. And at some point I have to hope that I realize that it's beyond my help, mm-hmm. that I can admit that this is beyond my ability as a parent and as an individual to correct. And then to say, okay, I need to seek professional help. I think that's the hardest thing is we don't want to admit that our kids like that. Sure. And so, you know, it, it, it's the, the biggest challenge is getting past our pride as parents. It's our pride as individuals that, no, my kid, my kid's not like that. My kid's not a psychopath. My kid's not a social sociopath or whatever. I don't even know the difference <laughs> between the two. I just know they're different. It's like my kid's not the one tearing the legs off frogs and leaving them to, you know, or like the kid in that, the one of the last church camps I went to that took a baby frog, slammed it against the ground and put it in my bag or whatever. Yeah, that happened. Oh, I remember you talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Yikes. I got him back good. Um, anyway, so it's like, you know, I mean, there's things like that that it's like. okay, Galan? You, you know, like Jesus teaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An eye for an eye. Well, Thou it, shalt not throw dead frogs it, into thy neighbor's it was something that went into his eye. But anyway. Um, I was wow. thinking more of like turn the other cheek. Yeah. Right. Oh, right, right. Not that, turn the other that frog. lesson, right. You know, it, it, I don't know, it was just interesting. It was, it was, it was a thought-provoking question because it's something that I would never have considered because Ellie at this point hasn't displayed anything. Sure. Uh, well, I think I think short of like just a weird mental illness left turn, like if you look at most serial killers, they don't have the best childhood. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not aren't. like generally. I would say that's not something that you have to worry about as a parent, a no. loving, caring parent. You're 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 much probably more likely to have to worry about. Uh, you know, depression or, yeah. or, or anxiety, or anxiety, or, yeah. or yeah, totally, so, totally. And then the other question that that came up this week was a friend of mine. It wasn't necessarily a direct question, but they posted something about basically there are times where you know they have a chaos of, of you know having two kids. One kid is like I think ten or something, and one kid is under a year old. There's a lot of chaos, and sometimes they value the escape to normalcy that work is. Someone in the in the mm-hmm. comments said basically that they took a day off of work and visited with friends, and the friends were like, "Well, where's your kid?" And they're like, "At the babysitter at the daycare," and they said that their friends looked at them like they were total a holes because they weren't spending their time off with their kid. So, is it wrong as parents to take time, you know, like to, to take vacation away from your? children maybe your young children this is a much more interesting question to me so i i I got strong opinions about this one so um i am on parental leave right now right so is my wife um my daughter still goes to her sitter's house every day so but that your daughter's also a major routine yeah she is um 
Routine I, kids, sorry, not non cheating your right. kids. She's not probably, a routine. But she'd probably love to stay with mommy and daddy. She would. And we we have done that a couple times. We've kept her home for full days. You know, we stayed at the lake one extra day. Um, you know, we picked her up early, whatever. Um, she enjoys it, but she also gets overwhelmed because she's like, this isn't my routine. Like, she likes right. her routine. Um, the cheap part of me is like, I'm paying for this full price, whether or not she goes. So I want her right. to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting the most bang for your buck. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking time off away from your kids. It's not saying that you don't love your kids or you don't care about them, but it's like sometimes you as a parent need to take time to recharge yourself. If you can't, if you are not functioning at your best, how do you expect your kids to be able to function at their best? Because if you're only giving them 30%, right. you know, there's only so much that they can do. So you need to be as close to your best as possible. However that is, whether that's getting up early and going to the gym, whether that is, you know, take going out one night a week and saying, this is the night I go out with friends and letting your significant other take care of the kid, you know, whatever you need to do, whether right. it's taking one vacation day off a month to just be with friends and be away that's fine because then that means you are de-stressing, you are focusing on yourself, and you're able to come back, I would like to think, I know it works for me this way, a better parent than you were right. before. Because if you don't have, I see a lot of parents that don't have that escape and then they crack somehow, yeah. some way, they crack under the pressure because it's hard. And you would rather take some time, relieve that pressure and stress than go off on your kid. Right. Who doesn't deserve that, you know? And, and, and for me, I, I I agree with with you, Joe. Where it's you know the, it, it's okay to take time away from your kid. For me, and and, and my, my wife agrees. Like Teresa or Ellie is our number one priority. Mm-hmm. We are number two. Um, and there are times where now now granted, it just worked out that every time that Teresa and I take a vacation day together, Ellie is with us. But there are times, for example, in a couple of weeks when I take him off to record music, I'm not spending any of that time. With Ellie, like zero, because I'm taking this this time off for a very specific reason. I need to focus to get as much out of that time as possible. Um, there are times, like a, a couple Fridays ago, I um, I I asked for the day off, and or I left I left work early because uh, Teresa's this time of year with uh, Teresa's work is really really busy, and. I like, I'm not going to get to see my wife a whole lot. So can I have this? She's getting off early. Is it okay if I leave? And we went out to babes in Arlington and basically we spent the afternoon together. Ellie was aware. It's a restaurant. Yeah. Restaurant. Yeah. It's a chicken fry steak restaurant here in, in uh, the DFW area. Um, but it's like, I mean, think about there's vacation where people take vacations and the kids go to stay with grandma or grandpa and their yeah. older kids or, I mean, or, you know, and I think part of it, I think there's a big difference between, Planning a vacation so that a couple can spend time together and then planning a vacation to get away from your kids. Yeah. Those are two very, very different mindsets. Sure. And those are two different motivations. I agree. And one I think is positive because you're built, you're maintaining the relationship with your significant other spouse, whatever it might be. The other one is negative is you want to get away from your kids. Yeah. And it's, to be clear, I was not advocating right, no, for no, no, yeah. getting away from no, your no, kids. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't think that, but it's, but yeah. there are people Man, it doesn't even bother me if a parent were to say, no, I'm doing this cause I got to get away from my kids. What, what bothers me is if that was like the norm or if it was excessively so. Sure. Yes. I would agree you with know. you on that. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think I would judge anyone to be able to say, like, look, I have this opportunity. 
I got to get away from my kids. I got to, like what you're talking about, Joe, I got to recharge and I got to come back and be a better parent. And if that allows me to do that, that's what I got to do. As opposed to the person that's like, I got to find every excuse possible. Like we were talking about that one time in the bonus segment. I've got to, I'm a dad that has to find every excuse possible not to go home with the family. Yeah. There, there's well, a difference. In yeah. Work. You know, it's like, or you realize it's like, oh, I have every Friday off. So, you know what? I'm going to dump on, I'm going to dump them off so that I can go and day drink at the bar every day. Right. It's like, that's to me that, that <laughs> as, as someone that I, I, I think that that's selfishly motivated. And I think to, I also for, think for it's me, expensive, man. Buy oh. your alcohol, drink at home. They drink at home. Like yeah. a normal with the, American. With the kids. They <laughs> drink responsibly. Yeah. Like but the little burbit that we're going to refer to. Teach them to go get you a beer. Yeah. And yeah. then watch Oprah, drink your wine. Quality time together. Yeah, but <laughs> that, that was just interesting that, that, that there are people that, and, and I think if I remember the comment right, like the people that looked at them like they were a holes weren't even parents. So it's like they were judging Those, them from a non judgmental. Armchair non-parent. I was gonna say they must not have kids. Yeah, that, that's so it's, that's my favorite thing to say. If someone has a comment like that, or right. why can't you just bring the kids, or why can't you just do this? But hey, like oh, you must not have kids to, te- to tease an upcoming Dude. episode. Um, yeah. but they're not parents, so their opinion doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, um, we'll talk about that on a future yeah. episode coming yeah. up. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't understand those people because sometimes I like I'm planning vacations in my mind to get rid of get get away from other people's kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even my we're, own, and I'm like, I'll, I'm only subjected to them for 20 minutes or something. I'm like, I got to get away. Not you guys, kids. See, so what I'm of gonna do is not. I'm just gonna be like, hey, Uncle John, you want to watch Ellie? Just sit in front of the TV, and uh, Teresa and I are gonna go and whatever. That's cool. I'll be like uh, Ellie's four. I'm gonna be like, hey, you want to watch some Tarantino movies? It's okay. Be like, Inglorious Bastards is on Netflix now. Because, because you, you can <laughs> learn. Tell, it's let like, me teach you about Hitler. Yeah. So <laughs> this is how World War II really turned out? Oh, yeah, I the, wish, the teacher, te- Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I want <laughs> you to teach her about tipping and okay. undercover cops. Can you do that? Tipping and undercover? Well, that's a weird kind like, of like, Oh, like yeah, from, from Resort Dog? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just get her going from the very beginning with one of the most violent Tarantino movies. All right. But, it, but it's so good. Actually, it's one of my least favorite Tarantino movies. It's my favorite Tarantino. But I appreciate it for what it is. Well, I'm just stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Actually, I'm a sellout, and Pulp Fiction is my favorite Tarantino movie. Pulp Fiction is good. Followed followed very, 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 very closely by Django. We've done it again. Django is really good. We've Um, wandered. So the the digress. (laughs) America's next favorite all-time ever favorite segment is Dad Jokes. This is, is of course, the segment of every show where we we tell jokes that aren't really funny. They're funny to me. All right, cool. Uh, so, go on. Speaking of that, what's, what do you got for us today? Ter- toasters were the first form of pop-up notification. <laughs> like that's it. kind of dad. Yeah, that's like a dad it. joke. Like totally. Like totally. What do, you uh, call it, what do you call a hen looking at a lettuce? A hen? A hen looking at a lettuce. What? Or a head of lettuce. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a good one. That is good. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'm going to look for another one. Okay. Okay. I only. Oh, oh speaking of the judge, uh, do I enjoy making courthouse puns? Guilty. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I, uh, I just got one for you guys. Um, hey, did you guys know you can tell the gender of an ant by throwing it into water? Really? Yeah. If it sinks, girl ant. Girl ant. If it floats, boy ant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if we've said this one before because I can never remember. But um, why did the blind man fall down the well? I don't know why. Because why? he couldn't see that well. 
So we, come on. We, I like it. I like so it. The king asks, how many volunteers do we have from my evil army? And the squire tells him, 384, my liege. King says, okay, round them up. And the squire says, 400, my liege. <laughs> That's good. All right. All right. That was America's favorite segment for some reason. Dad jokes. <laughs> it's a great segment. That might be my favorite segment we do. It's really good. All right. All right. right. On to the next one, which is things to check out. Now, this is where we tell you, we go around the table and tell you things that we think that are cool that you should check out that can be dad-related, but they're almost never dad-related. And we're going to start with... I'll, go, I'll start. Galan today. Guilty. So, um, yep. <laughs> The um, of course I've, I've mentioned it before. Ellie loves Minecraft, and if you aren't aware, um, a like there's an official Minecraft book out called Minecraft: The Island, and it's by an author named Max Brooks who wrote the what is it, the Zombie Apocalypse Survival Guide, World, World War, War Z, Z. Yeah. And, and the World War Z book is way better than World War Z movie, at least in my opinion. World War Z movie wasn't bad. Nothing like the book. The book is actually really, really good. I own both those books, coincidentally. But apparently he was a huge fan of Minecraft, and this was kind of a surprise book that came out. Like, there was no announcement on the Minecraft page in, uh, on Facebook until it was released. So he picked it up, and essentially it's like a first-person story. It's kind of weird. Just Ellie to, is a mine, Minecraft oh, fiend. That, that's probably her favorite all-time thing right now. There's a Minecraft movie apparently coming out in a couple years. Whoa. We'll see if that happens. But um, it, it, it's interesting. He tells it. It's told from a first-person perspective, and he like the character just wakes up and they're in the Minecraft world, and they have no idea what's going on. And so it's interesting to hear someone tell a story from the perspective of how Minecraft works. How like you have an inventory, and you can carry like literal tons of stuff, but like, your guy can like run around and jump and do whatever. Um, and so it, it's interesting. We, we, right now we're uh, only through a handful of chapters, but it's very cool to kind of like, especially for her that knows Minecraft in, inside and out, to hear a story. And then there's ones you can get at, at Target and Walmart that are like unofficial books that tell like Minecraft stories. I think one of them is like actually like the creeper that farted or something, something weird. That's John's favorite book. It is. John knows a lot about that subject. Favorite. Um, but it, you know, it, it's an interesting. I think it's like twelve bucks for a hardback book. Amazon sells it. We'll link it in the. Uh, the episode description, but so far my thing to check out, and something especially if you have a kid that likes Minecraft, is Minecraft the Island. All right, there Minecraft is. the Island. Joe, what do you yes. have for us to check out this uh, week? So I do have two things again. I'm trying to keep it down to one thing, but I get I, I'm at home, and so I just check it out a lot of things. I right am now. checking out a lot of things. So uh, one thing I do uh, want to recommend it's a card game. You should. Pick it up if you have not heard of it. It's called Exploding Kittens. It's a fun card now, game. Now, there are two different versions. Yes, yeah. So the version that I have is the NSFW, which is the Not Safe for Work edition. Um, th- I thought I was buying the regular edition when I bought this one. Um, it's way better than the regular edition. I like it, but you need to be careful who you play it around. Yeah. We played it er- earlier with my mother-in-law, and that was an interesting experience. So <laughs> there it is. But... It is a very fun card game. You can pick both of them up on Amazon. Um, if you just want like kind of something that's funny, maybe a little crass, and you want to play with lots of people, you can get the regular edition. You, If you don't care, you can get the NSFW edition, or you can get both. It's not quite as alienating as Cards Against Humanity from yes. a vulgar standpoint. Yes. No, no, yeah. Plus, there's still like there's still a definitive beginning and end right, to it. Right. You can, you know, it takes people a little bit of. Uh, of time to kind of get used to it because the the actual format of how you play is a little bit backwards. You 
play your cards and you end your turn by drawing a card because right. you're going around basically playing a game of hot potato with cards. Whoever draws an exploding kitten, you're dead. You're eliminated from the game. And it goes until there's one person standing. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. You should definitely check that out. Um, and I know you can get that on Amazon. Right on. I, I do have one last thing. Oh, I'm trying um, to. I'm and, then, like, and, and, yeah. then I, and then I have bonus, just a couple of quick bonus things after John's done. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We're just you gonna, guys. You know what? It's, it's things to check out. That's true. That's true. Here are things. The other thing is uh, I'm a big fan of the, the rapper, the singer, Mac Lamore. Um, he split from his uh, nope partner Ryan Lewis, um, his uh, DJ partner. So right. Ryan Lewis did DJ and did music for the Heist and the uh, this unruly mess I've made, which is the last two albums they did. Macklemore is doing solo work for the first time since 2005, and he has two singles out. Um, I know you can buy one of them on Amazon uh, called Glorious. That was an album where he or a single where he has a music video where he's hanging out with his grandma for her hundredth birthday. Yeah. I believe it's her 100th birthday. That's a really great song. It features Skylar Gray. And then he just released a new single. I know it's on Spotify. I couldn't find it on Amazon. Um, but it's called Marmalade. features Lola Yachty. That's Sylvie's favorite song right now because it's got a good piano beat. And so we jam in the car with that with our sunglasses on every time when we uh, come home from work. So it's, uh, well, you know. You're not, not going home right from now. work, no, but But I, if you like... Macklemore and that type of music. I recommend checking out his latest singles, Glorious and Marmalade. Um, more good music to come. He's promised, and he is also a dad. So you know, maybe one day we'll have him on and talk about that with him, or not, because <laughs> he, you know, he's pretty famous. But John, what do you have to check out, buddy? Well, also in the music vein, and guys, I might be in the the minority here, but if you're big fans of Christian hip hop centered around reformed theology, <laughs> you got to check out Shylin's new album, Still Jesus. So I'm just gonna throw that one out for you guys. I like that we had a rap theme going. Yeah, yeah theme. totally, totally. <laughs> hip hop. So theme. yeah, check that out. I think we we probably don't necessarily have many dads that will fit into that. That crazy small demographic, probably, but it's uh, I like this guy, so the, I like it. The album's good, so so real quick, quick hits. If you haven't seen them yet and you are into oh, trailers, sure. a bunch of stuff dropped from the San Diego Comic Con: mm-hmm. Stranger Things to Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, um, a movie featuring Jamie Lannister called Shot Caller. Um, there's a, a leak of, of the Infinity War trailer out there. There are re- some really, really awesome trailers. Stranger Things 2 has me so incredibly hot. Oh, it looks hyped. so good. Dude, oh, like I, I cannot, I cannot wait to, and there's also to, to a, see that. other TV show trailers that were released. So like, if you like the CW oh, yeah. DC shows, there's Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they released all those trailers. The Supergirl, they released yeah, one Yeah, Supergirl, too. thank you. Yeah. Um, CW actually has two new shows that they're doing, two new superhero shows they're doing this next season. They're doing... Um, on CW Seed, which is their uh, app and website exclusive affiliate, they do uh, 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 animated series Vixen. Right. Um, they're adding to that with Ray, the Ray, which is a different superhero. So that's kind of cool. They do as many episodes, and then they're actually doing Black Lightning as a full standalone series, is what I heard. But mm-hmm. I haven't 
seen any other things. So, but there's lots of good trailers, like you said. To the check new out Defenders trailer was that? Oh there? yeah, the Defenders trailer. Also, yes. um, also oh, I recently yeah. watched the Star Trek Discovery trailer. Oh yeah, that, that one was out there, yeah. and it looks pretty awesome. I'm pretty which, which, by about the it. way, that's yeah. going to be on Netflix. That's not going to yeah. be on just CBS. Netflix is carrying. Wait, really? Start the Star Trek Discovery. Yep. I was really? pumped because and, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to do CBS and it's weekly all access. Like yeah. it's not. They're not dropping everything. They are doing a weekly release show on Netflix. Really? Yes. I Google. I Google to confirm. Because, dude, it looks way cooler. It looks like it's totally sort of yeah. in the vein of the J.J. So Abrams. Takes yeah. place between stuff. Enterprise and the original series. So there's a lot of unexplored territory there. Like, there's a conflict with the Klingons, if you're into that. There, of course, it's Star Wars related. <laughs> there's a There's a couple of... There's been some pictures that leaked, and there was a leaked picture of uh, what Snoke looks like. So if you're into that... It's uh you know you can you can Google around and find that until Lucasfilm keeps taking I it down. I'm gonna try not so to I, find it. I just <laughs> confirmed uh, what Galan was saying. I just Googled it. Yes, yeah, Star Trek yeah. Discovery on Netflix starting September 25th. And that's the thing cool. is, is oh. I mean, ultimately, so, so that's like like next month is Defenders. Yeah. yeah. And then it, by the end of the year is Punisher, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Punisher's this Punisher's year too. November, I think. Oh, I'm so so it's like oh. that's the thing is 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 this is a great stuff. time to be a nerd, guys. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So there's there's the detox, like the S in, in detox, of course, stands for stuff. And we've talked about we had an episode where we talked about Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're probably only going to have two or three more Iron no. Fist episodes. Yep, they're all going. We're going to have but. a month of Iron Fist where we actually have a, <laughs> yeah, a, a the Iron a, Fist month <laughs> where we release weekly. <laughs> And we we go into super detail of of all, no we're not we're gonna um, cover the defenders but only the scenes that he's in but yeah I mean <laughs> so probably in the future guys are trash if, <laughs> if Daredevil we, please if, if we have stuff like Get that your Luke Cage it, it will probably be bonus content yeah. but you know this whole thing is like we're like especially Joe and I as, as fathers like we're huge geeks John is and I and Joe and we're all we're all massive. Geeks that take in geek pop culture, movies, TV shows. We enjoy talking about that stuff. Um, you know, like... Bum, bum, ba, da, bum, oh, dude, Game bum, of Thrones uh, so far. Is, episode two is so good. <laughs> I cannot wait. Like five episodes to go. Mm. Like oh, It's getting so good. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, you need to binge the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Catch up and then be on the edge of your seat for each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we, I, we could talk TV. Anyways, we, yeah. yeah, we digress. So we're big yeah. nerds. So guys, that was <laughs> things to check out. Um, and finally... Finally, um, we're here. It's the end of this episode. And you know what that means? It means that it's time to vote on today's hashtags. And i got to tell you guys, we're hashtag light this episode. We are. Like well, we're considering making last up time after we had like last 15 time. Yeah. hashtags. Yeah, so we only have two contenders here, if we can call them that. <laughs> um, hashtag poop panic. That was in there. And uh, hashtag... <laughs> Playing catch. So, what do you think, guys? Let's vote on this. Hashtag playing catch. Yeah, hashtag playing catch. It's unanimous. I'm going to go for that as well. Hashtag playing catch. Guys, if you want to send us hate mail or love letters, you can do that <laughs> via electronic mail, as the kids call it. Um, <laughs> you can find all that information. You can, you can send us messages on Facebook or Twitter. You find all that information at uh, detoxpodcast.com. Yes. Um, you can find us on facebook and like our page or go over to itunes and uh, help us out and rate us and review us um and high five and uh also if you uh (laughs) want to support us for as little as two dollars a month on patreon which you can find that link on detoxpodcast.com as well um then that'll get you access to all the bonus content we throw up there even more ridiculous segments about iron fist and And that's really what it's all about that's that's where i'm gonna i'm gonna start a a, a, not only a a weight loss (laughs) blog but an iron fist vlog where I just talk about Kunlun. And one day yeah. we will get uh, the actor on 
and we'll just break down. Game of Thrones connection played Loras Tyrell. No, that is accurate. We'll say we want to interview you about your TV career. Oh, Game of Thrones? No, no, no. Iron Fist. Your best role your to date. Your best work. I mean, you were your the star work. of that, man. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just going to slowly oh. fade that. Sh- I'm going to fade that out so bad. I'm just um, going to fade into the music. Yeah, right there. Right there. Uh, so I don't know if we have any news about upcoming episodes. We have some more mm-hmm. guests coming down the road, but we may be at a time here where we're going to actually focus on a couple of other topics mm-hmm. uh, just with us. We're going to old school, I think, maybe the next so. one or two. Yep. So uh, we're looking forward to you guys hearing that next time. Uh, what else, guys? Am I forgetting anything? No, you're not. All right. Stay nope. cool. Keep fat dadding. And uh, remember, hashtag playing catch. And as always, hashtag be a better dad. We'll see you guys next time. Shout out and special thanks to Justin and John for supporting the Detox podcast. Thanks so much, guys.